They say poker is a hard way to make an easy living. This is the podcast about people that make poker work for them. This is Mid-Stakes Living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mid-Stakes Living, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com. My name is Derek, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host over in Mexico, Matt Hunt. How are you, sir? Doing very well, Derek. How are you doing? Uh, I'm well. I'm getting ready to uh, celebrate Cinco de Mayo, which, as it turns out, is a much bigger deal here than it is in Mexico, apparently. Yeah, that's true. It's. Uh, I was expecting it to be a huge deal here Friday night, you know, um, Cinco de Mayo, but... Uh, Actually, it seems like another one of those things, kind of like St. Patrick's Day, where Americans make a bigger deal of it than uh, the people in people in the actual country that uh, that celebrates it. So it's a uh, it's a fun one, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice to be here, and it's uh, certainly pretty good lifestyle here so far. So it's uh, it's been fun. Cool, and I know I, I appreciate you taking some time for this today because uh, it's Skype or it's Skype time. It is Skype time, but also it's Scoop time, correct? It is Scoop time. It uh, well, I suppose it's it's kind of this like preliminary week where they have the phase one's running for some of the big two phase events um uh but I, I qualified for phase two of the uh the low event last night so i've only got one you know i've got the 109 to qualify for basically i'm not going to play the wild case but uh yeah so scoop is kind of kicking off but really this sunday is the the opening weekend so um oh, cool. it's going to be a big one there's a lot of tournaments on a lot of different sites so it's gonna be a pretty fun week a uh, pretty fun week or two of uh, grinding for a lot of people i think Awesome. Well, uh, good luck, of course, and uh, we'll we'll Thank make you. we'll make sure to follow along online to see uh, see how the results. Absolutely, going to be tweeting a lot. Hopefully, um, obviously, <laughs> tweeting less if I run bad, but probably <laughs> hopefully tweeting hopefully tweeting a lot about a lot of good runs. Cool. Sounds good. Um, all right. So I'm excited for uh, today's guest uh, for two reasons, really. Um, a, uh, him and I have become pretty good friends, I think, over the year, although we've never met in person, but uh, we've we've sort of. Um, I guess grown together in this on this thing called the the Twitch Poker community, so that's been really exciting. And also, I think it's kind of the first time we've had somebody on the show who classifies themselves as a recreational poker player. You know, we've had all levels from the highest stakes to the to the lowest stakes, but I think this is the first time we have somebody who says I'm a recreational poker player, and I think that's really interesting. And we'll get into that with him um, because it's a debate that I've had with a lot of people over the years, like. People used to say, "Do you call your? You're a professional poker player. Just call yourself that." I'm like, "But I'm not, because I don't make my living <laughs> from it or whatever." So mm-hmm. we'll get we'll get into that. But first, uh, we want to get a little bit into his background and uh, and talk about some other interesting stuff. So, uh, Jay Smith, 84 Poker, welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, hello. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Uh, thanks for taking some time to chat with us today. Definitely, definitely. Thanks for having me. Um, so, like we talked about, you uh, you are a quote-unquote recreational poker player, but also a, uh, a Twitch streamer. Twitch stream has been growing really, really well, it seems like, uh, since since you got that started. And also, we, we want to dig into this a bunch too, uh, a lawyer. So you have a few things going on, it seems like. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, people always try to wonder how I fit it all into a day, and uh, the answer is I'm mostly not sure either. Do as little work on any of those things as possible is <laughs> uh, pretty much my solution. So. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I am I am a, uh, a recreational poker player and a Twitch streamer, and as you said, the the Twitch stream is growing uh, to to my surprise more than anyone else's. I think <laughs> that that is for that is for sure. Uh, cool. Well, we'll definitely dig into all that stuff, but uh, let, let's start out with the obligatory, um, you know, how you got into poker, because I think it's uh, it's always interesting to hear the different stories uh, about how people got into this and and how they sort of started taking it. Uh, more seriously over the years so uh, give us that background 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I think pretty much the standard story for most people, and it's the same with me. You know, you started off, you know, learned poker from your dad, started playing home games with your buddies, you know, five, ten dollar turn empty or MTTs, single table sit and goes with your buddies in high school and stuff. Pretty much kind of that and you know was total garbage like everyone is that's doing that mm-hmm. and uh kind of went from there uh, i was when i was 18 or 19 i did have a poker stars account because you could play in the states at that point and uh, i did have a poker stars account but i pretty much just played free rolls and occasionally played like one cent two cent pretty much also terribly uh and then actually funny enough i really didn't get into poker until after black friday uh so after black friday uh, when i had graduated undergrad i i went to school in chicago um i moved out to san diego for law school and you know i I moved across the country to a, a new place that i wasn't you know, I didn't know anybody. I had no family, no like friends or anything, just starting law school. And, you know, you gain, gain friends pretty quickly, but at the same time had a lot of downtime, especially that like first semester. So I actually started playing, uh, MTTs on, on lock poker before I knew that site was a scam. <laughs> and so I was, I was playing on lock poker. I'd play their free rolls. Uh, they had like three a day and I got a little bit of money on there and then I was finally like, all right, I'll deposit. I deposit like 60 bucks or like 100 bucks or whatever I did just to mess around with it and did that for a while and then when I ultimately started reading forums like, oh, this place doesn't pay out or like, which, 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 which wasn't likely to be too much of an issue for me but uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, I was like, all right, well, if I do hit something, I at least want to get the money um, and I kind of heard about Bovada it's like you know, I had some buddies that did sports betting on there. They're like, yeah, yeah, they got poker too. So downloaded Bovada and just did the pretty classic recreational player thing. You know, deposit a couple hundred bucks here and there. Um, play five dollar, eleven dollar MTTs. No, didn't know what bankroll management or a bankroll or any of that was. It's just like, all right, well, I'm gonna gamble now. I'm gonna play some poker and you know, go all in when I have aces. So that's. <laughs> That's kind of the way it was through through law school. And then kind of at the end of law school, I started – there was a card room. Uh, so in, in California, there's there's Indian casinos where they have full-on you know, gambling, slot machines, craps, all of that. Um, and they're you know, an hour away from anything, all of them. And then there's actually a couple – you can have card rooms where you can just have poker – and they can actually do like blackjack and pie gal. Hmm. So that's um, and I don't know I don't know what exactly you guys have in North Carolina there, Derek. If it's similar, if there's certain places they can have casinos, or I actually you can't even have a uh, is there there's, no casinos? In, there's one or, casino, um, Cherokee, which is the western part of the state, but it's so far that it might as well not be in the state. Like it's right. it's as far from me as it can possibly be. It's almost yeah, Tennessee. I couldn't. I couldn't remember. I was to say I couldn't remember if Cherokee was actually in North Carolina or if it was. I knew I knew it was on the border somewhere. They, they're all on the border because yeah. they want people from whatever states can't have gambling. So yeah, so there was a card room. I found out there's a card room like ten minutes away from my house. It was just a little, like, six or seven table card room, and they had a daily twenty dollar buy in, rebuy and add on, and they didn't rake the hell out of it, which was a pretty crazy thing. So I started playing that and just started playing that like three or four times a week when I didn't days I didn't have classes and ended up doing that after I 
after I took the bar, after I graduated law school and took the bar while I was waiting for bar results, there's literally nothing to do. You can't work because you're not a lawyer yet. <laughs> like there's just there's just absolutely nothing you can do at that point. So people do all sorts of crazy things. Uh, you know, people go to Europe and do all whatever. I just played poker. And so I kind of did that. And that's where I would say I, between that and playing on Bovada is where I kind of learned how to play poker uh, okay. Like I got some sort of a grasp on the game. Before then I was clicking buttons or just doing whatever. But started, you know, understanding ranges and bankroll management and things like that. Uh, and then actually I got involved in a cryptocurrency site called Poker Sheebs. It was a do- it was like a you know Dogecoin. It's like Bitcoin, but just like it was it sort of started out as a joke currency. Um, I don't know if, if you guys have even ever heard of Dogecoin. Vaguely. I, I have. I've I've only heard of it through the meme on, on Reddit. You know, I right. I was never sure if it was Doge or Dog or Doggy or anything like that. Like <laughs> well there, there's a lot of there's, was a, there's a lot of argument. Yeah. There's a lot of argument about that. I'm pretty positive it's Doge, and I actually have a Shiba Inu, so I actually have the oh, dog. Okay. I have the breed of dog, but obviously Doge is is not what the, the breed of dog is is called. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's Doge. Uh, but you'll get a lot of argument about that. But so I I started. Um, I heard about the site through Reddit, and just was like, oh, whatever. I I have some Dogecoin just because I thought it'd be funny and bought some like oh what the hell if it goes up you know if it if it ever goes up and it's worth anything then you know i got a few thousand of them so for, <laughs> mm-hmm. for super cheap so i ended up starting playing there and the site it was just all completely like the most recreational and it was it was penny poker completely the most recreational players of all time and it actually ended up being you know they had stakes that went you know they had 10 nl and like 25 nl basically at a certain point, were like the highest stakes on the site, so nothing big or anything, but ended up being super profitable. I, I made a couple thousand dollars uh, on that site just because everybody was so terrible and uh, made a couple of good poker friends through there. Um, we started kind of like a Skype group and everything, and I got kind of a little bit more serious about the game, and that's when I decided to start my Twitch channel literally just to, you know, we'd sweat each other, we'd swap 10% action when we play the same tournaments on Bovada and so I just started the Twitch channel so my buddies could watch me and, and have a sweat and next thing I know we actually started getting a couple of viewers that's awesome it, it, that kind of it seems like that's when people tend to start actually improving at the game is when they've made friends in the poker community like I think we all sucked until we got poker friends to talk with because I, mean, I feel like you can read like Harrington Hold'em and stuff as much as you want but until you actually start talking about how to apply it I don't think you ever really get that much better it, and it's funny because like my friends will all admit as well the, the the poker friends that I made through that all also sucked and some of them yeah. still suck today and some of them are just a little bit better now and whatever <laughs> but just even having that you don't have to have you don't even have to have really good uh, players that as friends I think it's like you said it's just the act of you know talking through thought processes and and think you know hearing what other people think you, you know you get in the mind of of the uh, of other players and everything and you just start to figure out oh why you know or you ask the question why did you do that right, right. like that's the that's the number one question where you're like I, I don't know <laughs> I just did it yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely that I think that process of 
of being able to talk through things, um, you know, it, it helps you kind of, uh, the way you talk becomes the way that you think, you know, and so it, it allows you to actually think about things in a more complex way once you've had the chance to have a conversation about it, you know, because otherwise it just becomes this kind of weird nebulous idea in your head that you haven't really ever put into concrete terms, you know. And that's, so, and that's, that's, and that's the thing that Twitch streamers say all the time. When I started streaming on Twitch, I had to talk through my thought process and it made me better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I've done a very limited amount of Twitch streaming, but that's what I found um, during the times I did do it. Certainly anytime I anytime I do like a live sweat with my students or anytime I record a session for whatever reason, I, I always find that talking through it helps me. The only only downside and the only reason I don't do it all the time just for my own purposes is because it gets a lot more tiring than just playing there and being able to think and just focus, you know? Definitely. Yeah, there's a, that common debate about whether or not streaming on Twitch is plus or minus EV. I'm pretty convinced it's, if if only slightly, I feel like it's minus EV. But there's definitely something to be said for the fact that like you're less likely to punt because you know people are watching, and like you said, the mm-hmm. whole the whole idea of talking through, uh, you know, hands and stuff. Like you think about things probably more in depth than you would if you were just like eight tabling and clicking buttons. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. you can level you can level yourself both ways, right? Because you can you can go, all right, yeah, I can't just punt off here. Like, I really want to bluff this spot. It's just not a good spot to bluff. Like, my Twitch chat's gonna roast me if I do it. I got I got <laughs> fifty people watching me, or I got a hundred people watching me. They're just gonna roast me if I do it. But you can also level yourself into making some hero calls. You wouldn't, you know, just to when you do it and you're right. You know, when you you make a hero call and you're right, it's just you. You're like, oh, I'm gonna save that hand history. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> share shared in my Skype group. They're gonna love this. And then, but like when when you're doing it and there's a hundred people watching you, and then your chat just goes crazy. You know, they're you know they're posting Kevin Martin's hero emote and you know, yeah. stuff, stuff <laughs> like that. You know, you're just like, all right, yeah, like that. It, it makes you feel good. So you can go both ways with it. I think for sure, you can level yourself into calls out of calls you know all sorts of things like that so i've seen people do some crazy stuff that they would never do um while streaming on twitch like they would never do it if they weren't streaming so yeah yeah Yeah. i think it's it's all a question of personality in a way i suppose because some people are going to be more predisposed to be uh thinking a little bit too much about you know how is my twitch stream going to perceive this play that i'm making and some people are just going to be very easily able to shut everything out and not really care about what the people in their stream might be thinking or saying about you know what's going on so uh i think it's you know it's good to be self-aware in that sense because people who are a little bit more self-conscious in those contexts if they if they start twitch streaming and find that it you know ends up like pretty severely impacting the way they play then maybe it's a good idea just to not do it you know and uh and and fenton hand uh, easy with aces on twitch uh, another really popular irish streamer he mm-hmm. actually he he really nailed this down when he was talking about just that time he had a tweet about that like four or five minutes after you after you bluff off like 80 big blinds while you're just wait you know because you're on delay on twitch that four yeah. or five minutes while you're just <laughs> sitting there waiting for your twitch chat to just absolutely call you the worst and just everybody <laughs> roast you like you feel bad enough about it but now you gotta sit here and, like it's like when you got it's like when you were a kid and you uh did something 
you knew you weren't supposed to, and you're just waiting for mom to get home. <laughs> like, yeah. You're just sitting there yeah. stupid. Like, that, that's worse than the actual punishment itself. Right. And the, and the worst the worst part of it is that it's totally results-orientated, too. Like, you're, the people in your Twitch chat haven't done the math to figure out whether that was a good bluff or not. They're just making no. the assumption that because you got cold, it was a terrible play. You know? No, so for it's sure. A double, it's a double uh, bad beat there, because you want, you want to have the chance to sit and explain to them, like, no, look, he's folding 50% of the time or whatever. Like, but no one cares. Like, <laughs> and, Twitch and, and, chat and, doesn't care. No, and my and my favorite with with me again because and my chat my chat tends to be a lot of like recreational players there to have a good time and I know Derek definitely has this as well you know in in your your chat like mm-hmm. the community that that you've built is just people that are there to have a good time and hang out right you're gonna get the people that are sitting there like well actually you should polarize this and do all that <laughs> but like mostly it's just people there hanging out so when you make a bad play and you're sitting there waiting for them to to kill you for it and then it happens and like nobody says a word about it they're just carrying on with their conversation you're like oh right they don't they don't care at all we're hanging out here we're just yeah. having a good time like if i don't bring it up they're not going to say anything about it so uh and then you can level yourself again because you you know you you start thinking oh well maybe you know maybe uh, maybe i have a bit of a leak with caring too much about my what my twitch twitch stream thinks you know yeah, and then bro. you start you start getting self-conscious about that and it's like it's just this whole snowball effect so I suppose Definitely. this is one of the reasons why. I mean, to be honest, one of the reasons why I don't t- Twitch stream is uh, my laptop isn't good enough. Um, it, it has graphics issues. But beyond that, like I, I feel like I would probably end up getting into that minefield or that kind of feedback loop with myself if uh, if I was Twitch streaming regularly. You know, so for there's, sure, uh, there's a lot to be careful for. I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah. So we've kind of touched on this uh, this recreational thing a little bit, but I kind of want to get into this. And, and I don't know if you if you hear this argument, uh, Matt. You probably don't so much because. I would say you are uh, clearly a professional poker player, but I, you know, I used to say on my bio on Twitch, like I, I think I said I was a semi-professional poker player, um, and so many people would be like, "Why do you? Why don't you just call yourself a professional poker player? You play like a lot of hours. You, you know, you you make some sort of income from it. Like, just call yourself a professional." And I was thinking about that when when I was getting ready to talk to you on this on this podcast because you probably put in more hours than me now. Uh, these days, and you probably put in more hours than most professional poker players playing poker, um, but yet you consider yourself a recreational poker player. So I'm kind of curious, just to kind of hear your thoughts on those distinctions, or if you even have any thoughts on them. Yeah, so I mean, kind of for me, it, it's more. So I just, yeah, I, I spend a lot of time playing poker. I definitely, especially in the last six months or so, I've just spent an obscene amount of time uh, playing poker kind of first chasing twitch partnership and then just sort of got into the habit and and mode of playing poker and like you know i try to try to win and improve on my game but uh, you know i'm playing for the most part obviously lately i've been playing a little bit bigger with uh the oss um acr's uh, acr's you know mini miniature scoop (laughs) if you will uh but they're they're the series that's that's wrapping up right now you know i've played a little bit bigger than usual for that but i'm for the most part i'm mostly playing eleven dollar and twenty two dollar you know the occasional $55 MTT scattered in there. And, you know, I'm four tabling and having a, having a few drinks and stuff. And yeah, I, I do play a ton of poker and I, I work on improving and everything, but it's like at the end of the day, my bills aren't paid by poker. Now there have been months when I'm a self-employed attorney. And so there have been months when I didn't make very much money as an attorney. Cause I have to, you know, I have to go and, and, uh, and 
uh, kill what I eat. And so, you know, I have to yeah, do, yeah. do all that. So it, there are, there are definitely have been months where I banked a big tournament and that's how I paid my rent that month for sure. But for the most part, I don't count on poker income. Like basically if I can break even at poker and have fun doing it and still be able to like pay my bills elsewhere, that's sort of the per- well. It's not the perfect situation. The perfect situation is make money at that and make money <laughs> elsewhere. But <laughs> the, just the idea of poker as a living for me, again, especially as somebody who I need to improve my game a lot more. I need to improve my game a lot more than I have the time and motivation to do so. To for it to be anywhere near, especially you know, in this day and age, in online poker post black friday it's just so hard to do uh mm. you know as as an american in particular we, we have softer sites but as an american in particular you just can't get the volume and everything that you necessarily need to do that unless you're just really really good and so I, i'm a long way away from that and just the idea of having to count on that like you know the life of an mtt grinder is just you know, a bad month is just so awful. And you can easily have a bad two months in a row. And, and then what do you do? You know, when you're just counting on that constantly, it can, it, you know, it can be really taxing on you mentally, physically, and of course, financially. So I don't want that necessarily. Yeah, of course, the dream is be so good at poker that you can just make all your money doing that. And, you know, then you're playing a game for a living that you love playing. But mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I don't think I need to do that. Yeah, I, I do play a ton of poker. I play more actual poker than a lot of real professional poker players do. But I don't put the time into studying that a real poker player, a real professional poker player, you know, does or at least should. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't. I don't do those things nearly as much as I should. And that's that's for, that's the work part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's true. You know, it's that's easy the to part that makes the money. It's the yeah, studying it, that makes the money. Exactly, and it's not fun at all, right? You just when you load up, you know, when you load up Poker Tracker Four or whatever, and you're just going through hand histories and you're doing math and stuff. Like that's not the doing. I've done that before. It's like this is not what I signed up for to play <laughs> poker. Like I don't, I don't have to do this. I can be okay at poker, just you know, you know, running some spots and and sharing hand histories with people that I have that I know that are very good at poker and will give me their opinions on things. I can improve by doing that, but I'm never going to get to a really, really high level doing that. But but I don't necessarily need to. And I think that's the important distinction that people don't always make. They think everybody that's playing poker wants to just be the very best ever and wants to make their living from it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I actually had a conversation last summer with um, with Carlos Welch, who's a good friend of uh, good friend of TP, very involved and uh, and he said a similar thing. Like he, he basically said, well, the reason he plays a lot of low stakes live stuff, um, and you know, does Twitch streaming and does a bit of coaching and things like that, you know, his his reason for doing that is that he feels like he could spend you know hours and hours and hours working on his game and get better and play higher, but he has no real inclination to do that, you know, because there are more important things in life than poker. And I think that's a really valuable mindset to have, you know. Um, certainly. For me, like I, all the, all, what's funny is all the the math stuff and the you know reviewing and learning and stuff like the stuff that you said no one really wants to do. I love that stuff. So this is why I'm a huge nerd for just uh, you know putting putting a bunch of time in there and um, 
and uh, and I, I almost spend more time these days doing that stuff than I do actually playing. Uh, and that makes this and that makes this know. gig that makes this gig perfect for you, right? Like that's yeah, exactly. That's exactly. the dream right there is to mm-hmm. want to actually want to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I respect yeah. that for sure. Yeah, but, I think... uh, but at the same time, you know, the the stress of being a pro poker player isn't for everybody. That's that's for damn sure. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to your to your point, Jay Smith. Like, it, it reminds me of like being, you know, twitching and having, like, you know, you you have these trolls who come in and, and criticize your game and stuff. And of course, the one of the most common ones is like, oh, look at your look at your ACR graph. You're a huge mm-hmm. loser. And, and I'm like, you realize that doesn't offend me at all. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a professional. Like, that's not what I do. You know, like yeah, like it's like it's like criticizing my my ability to drive a race car when I'm not a race car driver or something. You know, like you drive really slow. Like, well, cool, <laughs> I guess. But and, and I think they think that's going to offend you. But I guess maybe that does offend, like I don't know, Timex or something. Like, if, if well, it, aff- it, it offends a lot of people. It offends actually a lot of actually recreational players, whether they call themselves recreational or not. It offends a lot of them, and they're Twitch streamers. Uh, a lot of smaller Twitch streamers that really are just doing it recreationally. I think it's what separates a lot of the successful ones from the unsuccessful ones. It's like they'll get people come in and start doing that, and they just they go straight combative mode, like want to fight back. They got to defend. Well, it's a small sample size, and and like uh, you know, it, it will actually you know this happened, and it doesn't count these things and all this stuff. And, and you're just like, I I do the same thing as you do. Like, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, I've told everybody from the start, uh, my shark scope will always be unlocked. There's no uh, there's no reason. Uh, I'll ever lock it. Actually, there's one specific reason I'm actually thinking about unlock. I'm actually literally thinking about locking it on Sunday for one specific reason. I guess I'll just drop this in here right now. Derek, you know about this. Oh, yeah, this, this is call. a great story. Yeah. So I guess I should tell this now. So I've I've been playing uh, just to segue a bit here. Uh, I, I've been playing the uh, all of the OSS events, um, and so on ACR it's it's like three tournament series in one. It's it's Moss. OSS and boss and Moss is micro and boss is bigger. And so it starts with like, you know, super small micro buy-in, uh, big MTTs, then goes to like the regular one. That's where the, the, the million dollar Sunday, um, the $530 buy-in, I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. 1 million guaranteed tournament that happened last Sunday. And, uh, then goes into the boss and which is the boss events, like the, all the higher buy-in they're all the buy-ins are at least 109. I think there's a 55 rebuy add-on. So there's a leaderboard for this, and I've been uh, grinding all of the tournaments for it through uh, Moss and OSS, and I've actually ended up uh, in seventh on the leaderboard. Now only top three get uh, get a package is, is what they're giving a, a package there. Only top three get that, and I'm pretty much out of contention mathematically to to get one of those. But I've actually decided I want to kind of keep playing through it and finish and I so I sold some action to some boss events the the bigger ones just so that I could keep playing it cuz I think it's really important that a recreational player like me had a chance at the leaderboard like I think it's good for the site and the idea there if I can stay as a Twitch streamer like promoting my stream and also just you know uh, you know I I promote ACR as well just doing that I think it's really good that they have a chance to do that so I've been I sold a package uh, and I'm playing some of the smaller boss events. So one of the boss events is a 2K, a $2,050 buy-in, 750K guarantee. That's the main event. And so uh, ACR has has a little like 
slot machine thing on their uh, on their registration lobby. And so any tournament you can, uh, they call it spin to get in. Mm-hmm. And any tournament you can spin either one cent, twenty five cents, or a dollar, like as many times as you want to try and get into the tournament. And the uh, and so the the likelihood that you get in is based on what the buy-in is divided by what you spend. So if it's an eleven dollar tournament and you spin a dollar, you have a, a one in eleven chance of getting in for each spin. So you can get in on three dollars, right? Well, so I decided I was like, oh, I can't, I'm never playing the two K. I'm never playing the two K buy-in seven hundred fifty K. First of all, I would have to sell eighty percent of it to, to, to play it. <laughs> And like nobody's buying that, even at I'd have to sell it at Markdown. <laughs> nobody's nobody's buying any of my action of that. Somebody might buy one percent for a fun sweat. Like nobody's buying my action in this, uh, so it's not really a thing. So I, I just decided a week ago. I'm like, all right, every day when I get done with my session, I'm gonna spend two dollars to try and get into it. And so I'd been doing this every day and hadn't gotten in, hadn't gotten in. So late last night, I actually. Uh, I actually won a tournament on Ignition last night for like twenty five hundred bucks, nice. and I had uh, like an extra o- over the nearest hundred. I had an extra seventeen bucks on my uh, ACR account. And I was like, all right, well, I just won a big tournament. I'm gonna spend seventeen bucks and try and get into this thing tonight. <laughs> so I fired up and first spin for a dollar. Bam! Congrat! Like it's so you have to get three of a kind um, mm-hmm. to win it. First spin, bam! Congratulations, you're in. And I was like, oh, <laughs> "Wow!" Oh, I was on a Skype call with uh, with a few with a few friends, and I just started yelling. And they're like, "What? What is wrong with you?" And I was like, "I just got in the 2K." They're like, "No, you're, you're, you're trolling." And I'm like, "I'm not." I shared my screen, and I could show them that I'm in it. And I like showed them my account balance. I'm like, I didn't just buy it. <laughs> I didn't just buy into Unreg here. I am legitimately in this thing. I just spun in. So uh, one of them was like, because uh, we've trolled each other about stuff like this before. One of them was like, uh, posted on Twitter, it didn't happen. So I snap posted on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the first thing I thought of is like, oh, I was like, oh no, like I get trolled enough about my shark scope graph. If I if I break this thing, it's going down two k. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like it's definitely going down two k. Even though you got so, in for a dollar, well, I guess maybe like ten dollars. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So this this brings up the question: Are you going to stream the 2K? Speaking of whether streaming is plus or minus EV, like I don't know, I don't know what I would do to be honest. So I'm curious. Your so thoughts. I, I mean, if you asked me this question three, if you asked me this question four months ago, my answer would have been snap yes, of course I'm streaming it. Like there's no question, and that was when I was trying to get partnership. Right. Uh, at this point, I just. The idea of streaming that thing, first of all, I'm going to just be, I'm so minus EV in that field, right? I'm not like a complete button clicker. I understand how to play the game. I I, I get, you know, opening in three betting ranges and I understand post-flop play and all of that. But like the sickos that are going to come out for this 2K buy-in to 750K guarantee, I mean, it, it's just, I'm just dead money for sure in that right like and so the idea of me also streaming it having that distraction and then also giving away what like what little information i do have that's of value just does kind of seem not the greatest and it's actually why i considered even like 
I'm like, if I got into the money in this thing and my shark scope is unlocked, <laughs> people, people are going to be like, who is this guy with an average buy-in of, like, what, 14 bucks or something right. playing this thing? <laughs> They're just going to snap. No, so I don't know. I, I would consider locking it for one day and one day only <laughs> and yeah. unlocking it the next day. Because I would love so, to watch yeah. it. I, I would love to watch it, obviously. So from a from a selfish standpoint, I'm hoping. No, I know. It, but... I know. I'm deciding. So I would say I'm I'm 80 percent not streaming it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna decide. I, I have some time to decide now. But you know, it it literally happened less than 12 hours ago. So I'm kind of taking it. It's like it's like a pretty big deal to be playing a 2K for again for somebody who, you know, the biggest tournament, you know, the biggest buy-in tournament I've ever played is the 500 biggest uh online tournament i've ever played is the, the you know the 530 dollar milli and that was even you know probably the biggest before that's about a three 320 so you know it's a big tournament for me a min cash would be a min cash would be closing in on my biggest score ever online so yeah uh, you know i've got a lot of i've got a lot of you know 22 to $2,500 scores in mtts but like you know, I don't have any big banks like that, so it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy to to think about playing. Yeah, most of the time I'm just gonna, you know, not cash it or whatever. That's the nature of MTTs, regardless. But uh, you know, the dream is thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it, it reminds me of the time, and some TPE members will be familiar with this because we actually did a hand history review of the tournament, but. Um, Back on Stars, I don't even know if they still have them. Do they still have the Steps tournaments, Matt? Yeah, they do. Um, they have something. Yeah, I mean, they have some variation on them. They've changed the names of everything. Like they've changed the names of all the the VIP um, uh, okay. offerings and things like that. But they have something along those lines. Yeah, they yeah. may they may actually still have the same name. But I don't play a lot of satellites, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. So at some point, I got on this kick where I was gonna. I decided I was gonna grind the Steps tournaments. Um, Basically, just because they were kind of quick and eat, I won't won't say easy because of this story, but um, but I invested like I think they started at seven dollars then, and they might still, but I think I invested like twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So I think I like bricked two, and then I the third one I you know I started at seven dollars, and I I just kept winning and rolling my way, <laughs> my way up the ladder until I got to the step six, which is basically I guess a twenty one hundred dollars sit and go. Wow. Um, <laughs> And the problem with those is, especially back then, is they were just like nobody really ever made it that far. So at, they were just filled with people who bought in at that point. So it yeah, was like, exactly. They must have been full of sickos. Yeah. Every time I looked at the lobby, it was just like six sickos regged, like waiting for me, you know. And I'm just like, <laughs> so I waited. I waited like three weeks, like waiting for a soft table, and I could just never find one. And finally, one day, I was just like, you know what? At some point, I have to play this, and I tried selling my action. I tried like I tried everything to like basically get out of it because my whole <laughs> bankroll at that time was probably like eight hundred bucks or something. You know? uh, right. <laughs> and like I should not be playing a two K sit and go. But finally, I was just like, all right, I got to do it. And I saw like two guys in one that I didn't really recognize. But then it was like Sorel Mizzy, George Lind, like all these guys. <laughs> but I just hit the reg button, and it was a joke. I played so bad. If people want to watch that video, it's on TV. But I won it. Um, so the dream, <laughs> so the dream is real, uh, but you have to run really yeah. good, like I did. Like you have to fold fives with like eight big lines and fold, <laughs> fold two on the button and things like let me, that. Uh, let me, hold on, I'm writing this down. What, what, fold fives. Uh, eight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right, I got it. Yeah, nobody's We're, nobody's dead money, man. Nobody's dead money. 
Yeah, we were laughing though. The, the the one unfortunate thing. So when I do take shots at bigger tournaments, and you know, I've been doing this with the uh, these boss events that I am playing. You know, I'm playing a, a package of between 109s and 320s here, um, and I'm uh, again the, the player pool. They're better than I am, but I'm I'm comfortable in those. Like I don't think. You know, they're not just absolutely destroying you by any means, whatever. And there's plenty of bad players in those. Just, again, recreationals with a bunch of money who are just like, oh, yeah, I want to play poker on, on a Saturday or a Sunday, whatever. So, yeah. you know, it's all, all well and good, but that's the, you know, just the idea of, uh, of, of playing you know, that much bigger is, is kind of daunting as well. But for these ones that I've been taking shots at, uh, I've waited till I have about 50 big blinds or so to register because I'm much more comfortable playing. You know, it, it gets a lot easier the fewer big blinds you have, right? You know, playing 150 mm-hmm. big blinds with players that are better than you is going to be a lot more difficult. You can make a lot more mistakes that are far more costly. So with this, with the spin to get in, you get snap registered. It's not a ticket, so you don't get to you don't get to unregister and you don't get to play it anywhere but from the start. So we're starting this thing off with, you know, I think it, I mean it's I think it's uh, fifteen thirty with ten k starting stack or something. So twenty minute levels. We're going. We're going. So uh, it'll be it'll be entertaining. That's for sure. Like I I could stream it just for the pure entertainment effect, and, and then you know just stream it on uh, like a, an eight minute delay or just something a lot longer than I usually use. Yeah. You know, just in case. I guess for the purpose of your brand, too, I mean, you could always just record it and then put it up on YouTube if, if it goes well, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's the coward's way out, for sure. <laughs> just, That's the way I would go. Just record you bust it, on right? like the, the fifth hand, you, you just forget it ever happened. You know, just yeah. don't talk about it. Don't mention it. You know, like what's what's was... UK? No, that's a, that's a that's a shark scope misclick. I don't think <laughs> that actually happened. They they just messed up there. Just pretend you just pretend you misclick registered uh, in it, guys, and can, they, can, they wouldn't let you can, out. Can we delete this whole podcast just in case, guys? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might not be recording anyway, so we. Might... Uh, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, we're, we're rolling the dice for sure here. Hoping for a bad beat there. Bad guys, beat guys, in this case is a good beat for you. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. So let, let's dig into the lawyer thing a little bit because I think this is sort yeah. of interesting. I mean, we've had, you know, we've had some people who have quit pretty good jobs to start poker. We've had people who quit shitty jobs to do poker, and we have people who continue to work. But I think this has to be like the most. Well, I don't know what the right word is. Like high profile job. I don't know. That might be the wrong word, but. Um, yeah, I know. What you, I know what you mean. Like, like, a, well, it's a, it's a professional. Like, it's you're considered professionals, right? You don't have a ton of doctors, lawyers, and you know, maybe you have more accountants, right? That are. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of lawyers that play live, but usually that you know they're just playing a few big buy-in events a year, and there's some there's some good ones for sure, but they're just you know it's a big personal injury attorney that's you know doesn't mind dropping 10k to go play the main and whatever. Right. So. You yeah. get you get a you get a lot of that, but not a ton of like online MTT grinders, right? They're not right. gonna <laughs> they're not gonna mostly be attorneys. So yeah, so I'm I'm self employed. I got out of law school in I guess I graduated the end of twenty thirteen, took the bar in February of twenty fourteen, and then got licensed in like June of twenty fourteen. So we're closing in on three years that I've been licensed. And uh, pretty much out of law school. Again, I told you I'm not from San Diego. There's three law schools here, and people, you know, move to San Diego, like 
go to law school, pass the bar, and then move to San Diego because it's a destination. People want to live and be attorneys. So you get three law schools feeding them in here plus all that. So there's not a lot of jobs here um, unless you, you know, unless you know somebody, unless your uncle's a partner at some firm or whatever. So uh, I tried to get a job for a bit, didn't end up getting one. Another buddy was in the same boat. So we started a law firm together, basically just so that we could split costs and stuff. We each did our own thing. Um, I fiddled around with a little bit of everything uh, other than like criminal defense work I didn't do any of that and ended up settling in on uh, eviction law Um, and how I did it actually I I represented a couple of uh, tenants pro bono um, because I had to do some volunteer work in a program that I was in Mm -hmm. and really liked the eviction court like how quickly you know I can I can go have I can get a case and uh, we go have a trial in two weeks and the trial's 10 15 minutes like you just get in there you have the trial and and you're done it's not like a you know three-day thing that carries on for a year and a half before you even get to the trial like in civil court you know it's it's rewarding you get to see it right right away right and so my dad is a property manager um, so i grew up around the property management business he laughed at me for a while that I was I was representing the enemy, uh, <laughs> whatever whatever I was uh, repping tenants for a little bit, and then ultimately I I had to actually make money, so I did switch over to representing landlords, and so that's that's what I do. I represent you know property management companies and uh, various just individual landlords. Um, so when somebody doesn't pay their rent, we uh, we go ahead and and get them out of the place and get the landlord their their place back. Nice. So I, I assume the fact that you're self-employed makes this whole like work poker balance thing a lot easier. I, I assume if you were like a criminal defense attorney for a big firm or something, there just wouldn't be time for poker, right? Yeah. If I was if I was doing like if I was at this point in my law career, like three years in, I'd still be a like an associate at some firm, whatever. Probably still working. 60 hours a week or something like that i mean i might be able to play a little bit of poker on the weekends but just maybe when i had time and that's and that's why i probably would likely play one or two big buy-in things with some extra cash that i had but you know as it as it is now yeah i I basically can most days i can get up and do you know two or three hours of work that i have to get done if i don't have to be in court that day get two or three hours of work that I have to get done, kind of mess around a bit, start regging some tournaments, and eventually go live on Twitch and have a couple of drinks. So Nice. That's <laughs> the really, dream. Living that is the dream. The dream. <laughs> you know, Derek and I have the have confirmed the, the two biggest uh, party streams on Twitch poker, I would say. That's certainly where we're well known for We're well known for that. That, <laughs> yeah. is, uh, that is for sure. Yeah, you, you you're not always guaranteed to see us play well or win money, but you're definitely going to see us have fun. That's the you, you, might, you might get a chair fall out of either one of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because because we literally both have a clip of ourselves falling out of a chair. <laughs> <laughs> we, although, although I, it, crazy enough, I was pretty damn sober that night compared to, like, I was two drinks in. <laughs> was, I was pretty damn sober when I fell out of that chair. I just reached a little too hard to grab a soda. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all done it. We've all done it. I know. It's just I most people were broadcasting what they did. That's true. That's I don't true. know why. I don't know. Why I didn't think about this when you showed me your chair fall, but we really need to do a who wore it better 
meme like side by side <laughs> of yeah, us both falling out of our chairs. We should maybe like make for a month. We should make our each make our sub notification the other one falling out of a chair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. It's All pretty. Right. So or like or just our follow alert. Yeah, <laughs> just feels to be the other person falling out of a chair. <laughs> oh, it's, it's definitely on. It's definitely on. Um, it. So with the law stuff, and I we've kind of asked this of other people like um, in other career. Uh, fields, but I'm I'm curious to know if any of that schooling or your experience in the law field like helps you in the poker world. You know, like in terms of I don't know what that would be necessarily, but I think the I think the analytics helps for sure. Um, as far as just kind of being able to, you're able to look and go, okay, um, what story are they telling? Does the story make sense? Right. I think a lot of that. Uh, you, you can you kind of learn to when you deal with people that lie to you all day long and like the other side you know opposing counsel lies to you the the uh, you know the other party lies to you even your own client lies to you your your own client probably lies to you more than anybody else does in, in law <laughs> so you you just deal with it. it's amazing like who who am I going to tell the truth to if not my lawyer right. right. <laughs> I'm like I can help you. It's, it's just tell me what's going on. Let me assess the situation. So, as somebody who literally gets lied to for a living, you know, you start to kind of develop a a knack for, you know, even though I'm not looking at you, you know, face to face, you get a knack for like when somebody's just their story doesn't add up. What they're saying just doesn't make sense. I think it helps more in live poker in that regard, and then you know, a bit of the. You know, a bit of the speech play, if you will, does mm-hmm. come into effect there, right? I can, I can manipulate a situation a bit if there's a player that I think's really weak and and maybe going to be manipulable. Then <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and try and you know I'm gonna go ahead and and try. Like I don't talk a ton during hands, but I might try to do it then when I just think like, okay, I can probably talk this guy into doing whatever it is I want him to do, be it fold or call or whatever. So. I think that comes into play more than anything. I mean, there's not too much else to it that's going to help a ton. I mean, most lawyers are terrible at math. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of the exception to that. I'm decent at math. Uh, it, it was hilarious in law school when we did the the day. The, there's like one day in law school where you talk about like computing damages and you make a bunch of law students uh, do math. You'll never see a room fill, uh, full of in, really intelligent people freak out as much as when you tell a bunch of law students that they're about to do math they'll tell you i went into law because i don't do math like, that's I did it. so it's pretty hilarious the uh the one the one remaining question which i think anybody out there who like me has learned most of what they know about being a lawyer from television or from movies right. um the one question i have to ask is do you watch the show better call saul i do watch this show better call saul in fact uh there is a uh, I'm sitting at my desk right now, and there is a Better Call Saul painting um, oh, directly nice. to directly to my left that my girlfriend made for me. I actually have two of them. Um, oh, that's, I, that's I, I had a I had a Better Call Saul painting that my girlfriend made for me. She's a she's an artist. She made for me. Uh, it was the ad, the bench ad from Breaking Bad. Oh, cool! Uh, before Better Call Saul was even a thought for a show. Like, oh, wow. I, 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 that's how, like, I was a huge Saul Goodman fan. Nice. And, uh, then when the show came out, she, she did a painting of, of the actual, like, title, t- 
title screen with the like the Statue of Liberty and like the yellow lettering and stuff. So it's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, um, that's she's awesome. actually. Yeah, she's actually sold one one of those because uh, somebody saw it on on Twitter and was like, "I want to buy that." Like, sell me one. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely. I'm I'm a huge Saul Goodman fan, and I was Excellent. a huge Breaking Bad fan as well. But I uh, I would hope there's not too many similarities between your law practice and his, right? You know what's funny <laughs> is the, the answer is no. But I, the the one thing that I do always tell people the reason that that show is so incredible is mm-hmm. because uh, Vince Gilligan, the the writer. They actually brought in a couple of people that were attorneys to kind of create this. They do such a good job of a lot of the tiny little things that you do when you first start off in a solo practice, which I did. Right. He pulls the, like, fake voice uh, like he's a receptionist (laughs) and then hands himself the phone, right? Like, I used to have my my girlfriend answer my phone when, like, an important important client was calling. I'd have her answer, like, and we'd pull the... Like I didn't have an office, so we'd go meet at a Starbucks. Be like, oh yeah, they're uh, you know they're they're painting the office, or they're you know just always coming <laughs> with some excuse as to why you couldn't couldn't meet up with them there. So like I've done so many of the things that he did in that show, like starting off, of course not the you know not all of the illegal activity naturally, <laughs> but but a lot of that sort of uh, puffery, if you will, pretending nice. like you're a, are a more experienced or bigger shot than you are. What so, about the uh- busted up car with the different colored door do you have that as well i don't i don't have busted up car with the different colored door unfortunately but I'm, 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 I'm aspiring to that someday yeah that's got to be the dream right i mean yeah that that is the dream <laughs> i'll just fire a few more 2ks that's what you'll be driving <laughs> that's a fair fair point well you got to win one eventually right you'll you'll be at the other end eventually yeah, you'd think so. Uh, that's what I keep telling myself. That's that's what I keep telling the people that want to buy action. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm due, I'm due. Okay, <laughs> the heater is coming. Uh, so, um, two two last questions, and then we'll wrap it up here. First of all, uh, do you play much live? I mean, I know you mentioned that you kind of did the whole live card room thing when you first started out, but like, do you go travel to any circuit events or anything like that to, to fire tournaments? I don't mostly travel specifically to go somewhere uh, so since i am in san diego we have oceans 11 about 45 minutes north of me um it's up in oceanside it's a, it's a pretty uh popular room it's a it's a really big it's a really big room i, I do fire they do like a around a three, 240 to 300 dollar buy-in uh tournament on holidays that's usually something like 100k guaranteed or you know something there gets 100k in it whatever uh, and then they they have some of the circuit events uh, stop by there, um, so I'll I'll go up and and fire the smaller stuff uh, in those. And then I was for a while kind of grinding. Uh, it's, it's two three here in California is 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 our one two. It's the smallest you know that you can play is two three, which ends up being a lot bigger of a game than one two is, right? Like if you're yeah. if a hundred big vines is three hundred bucks instead. There's even rooms that you can buy in for five hundred at two three. So, uh, you know, it ends up being a fairly big game. I did that kind of for a while, but it just ugh, it live players are so. Uh, I like I, I like to play poker to relax and have fun, and just some of the stuff that you hear live players say and dealing with like it. it it goes. It's not even made up for by how bad they are. <laughs> you know, right. So tilting that you end up. You're just like, all right, I can't do this anymore. So I just stick to the couple of 
couple of uh, nice value tournaments a year um, and, and do all of that. So Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So no plans to uh, to make it out to the World Series of Poker this summer? Take so, the shot? So I'm not going to probably take... So inter- I'm, I'm, this would have been the most likely year I would do it, um, but I'm actually moving um, back to the Midwest kind of during the WSOP. Like, mm-hmm. But... Uh, I might have a little bit of time in there. Uh, I am considering, um, you know, our, uh, our our mutual friend uh, Melissa uh, Derek. I'm, I'm considering yeah. going out when when her and Zach are uh, are out there uh, potentially. I'm uh, going out for at least a few days, and I'll play a couple of the those high value like dailies, like the daily deep stacks and stuff like that. That's probably what I'll do. I don't think I'm gonna fire a, you know, I don't think I'm gonna fire a a big you know, a bracelet event, most likely. Uh, you know, we'll see. There's there's some time between now and then, and it's a pretty easy trip. I, I can pop in a car or, you know, take a 45-minute flight out there, and, you know, you can even get them last minute fairly cheap. Not as much that time of year because of, of the World Series, but, you know, you can still get them fairly cheap from San Diego. So there's time to decide that still. I'm kind of probably going to play it by ear, not really make any plans. I've got several friends that live in vegas so i can crash on a couch for a few days so i could i could do the trip pretty cheap so we'll we'll see uh hopefully i will get out there do you know when you're going out yet Derek? yeah it looks like i'll be there mid-june through mid-july basically so i think i'm actually missing when melissa's there unfortunately they're they're there like a little bit earlier they're like early june right yeah i believe so if i remember because i remember i remember her telling me and going damn it i'm gonna miss you yeah Okay, so we'll see. I mean, uh, sometime in there, it's just going to depend on the schedule and everything. Obviously, I'd like to see a bunch of my, you know, I'd like to well, actually meet the, the people that I spend kind of the most time with, all the, right. all the other Twitch streamers and, and online poker players that I end up spending all sorts of time on Skype calls and everything that I've never actually met in person. So the Internet's crazy that way. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, this was fun. I really enjoyed this. It was kind of cool to get a little more of the backstory. I mean, we've obviously talked a little bit about some of this, you know, your past and things like that, but this was cool sure. to kind of dig in a little deeper. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Um, Pleasure. For, for everybody out there listening, uh, if you want to check Jay Smith out on Twitch, it's uh, twitch.tv slash jsmith84poker. I think I got that right. You nailed it. Uh, is the Twitter the same? The Twitter is the same. Okay, yep. So at Jason and 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 just uh, just for clarification, real quick, everybody always thinks that I was born in '84, which is the natural uh, assumption there. Uh, uh, the, the the '84 is the uh, it, I was the 84th J Smith at my college, so I was assigned <laughs> I was assigned uh, J Smith '84 randomly by a computer, and I am so uh, unoriginal that I just went with it. <laughs> so I, I was actually well, born in I was actually born in '90. <laughs> Well, it's it's better than uh, my screen name, where everybody questions whether I was born in 1945. Confirmed. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> They're like this old redheaded guy is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's great. Well, cool. Thanks again, uh, uh, Jay Smith, and I'll, I'll put links to to both of those down in the uh, description below. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on Twitch. Good luck in the uh, in the 2K. All right. Thanks, man. I'm gonna win it for you. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, uh, Matt, and uh, to everybody out there for listening. And we'll uh, we'll be back again soon with another episode of Midstakes Living. Catch you next time, guys. Woke up.
staring at the staring at this empty room. Looked at a thousand different pictures that your mother took of you. You see, I had this crazy dream last night. This man, he talked to me. He told me everything that's good and bad about my history. But he said that you are, you are the future. He said that you are, you are the future. The future looks good. Thousand different pictures that your mother took 